Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. In the 15th century, Russian Orthodox painter Andrei Rublev painted an icon, a work of art created to be used in Christian worship and education, known as the Trinity. It is one of the best-known paintings in the world depicting the Trinity, the triune, three-in-one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Trinity are seated around the table, leaning in toward each other, in fellowship together, sharing a meal, note the cup on the table, God in communion. God the Father is on the left, draped in gold, indicating God's kingly rule over all creation. God the Son is in the middle, dressed in dark brown, indicating Jesus' earthly incarnation, fully human and fully divine, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. Note Jesus' two fingers on the table. On the right is God the Holy Spirit, draped in green, indicating the growth and provision and new life the Holy Spirit brings. All three are wearing blue, indicating their divine union. Growing up in the church, I heard many different explanations of the Trinity. And perhaps you've heard some of these as well. I offered one in our children's message about harmony. For example, the Trinity is like an egg. An egg is one egg with three distinct parts, shell, white, and yolk. Or the Trinity is like an apple, an apple that has skin and flesh and seeds. Or the Trinity is like a three-leaf clover. A few years back, I heard the Trinity compared to a fidget spinner with three arms <laughs> that seem to be one when you spin it really fast. People of God have been seeking to explain the Trinity for millennia. The three foundational confessions of faith of the global Christian church, the Apostles' Creed, the Athanasian Creed, the Nicene Creed, were developed in part to express an understanding of the Trinity. The Apostles' Creed is Trinitarian with its three clauses. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed were affirmations by the early 4th century church that indeed Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit are God, fully divine, one with God the Father, to be worshipped and glorified along with God the Father. And while the creeds state that this is so, they don't explain how this is so. In the late 4th century, three men known as the Cappadocian Fathers, Basil, his brother Gregory, and his friend also named Gregory, who were brilliant theologians and leaders in the church. 
expressed an understanding of the Trinity that has been the predominant understanding of the Trinity from that time to this. God is one usia, a Greek word that means substance or essence, being, and three, hypostases, a Greek word that means particulars or persons. The members of the Trinity are distinct but not divided, unique and united. They are one being, one God, three persons. The Cappadocian fathers also used a lovely image to describe the Trinity, the word perichoresis. It's a Greek word from the root peri, around, like perimeter, and choresis, which means to move or dance or go around. It's the word from which we get choreography. A vision of the triune God as the divine dance, moving together in perfect and beautiful harmony. A circular current of overflowing, life-giving love. When we speak of the Trinity, we are speaking of our experience of God, the God we know personally, the God who is beyond our intellectual comprehension and who in boundless grace has made himself known to us. And so while everyday examples like apples and oranges and, and notes and fidget spinners and eggs are helpful and insightful, along with the contributions of faithful theologians over the years, they cannot fully explain the Trinity. The Trinity is God. The Trinity cannot be contained by our explanations. Our words and ideas can only convey so much of the wondrous mystery who is God. But we don't need to completely understand God in order to be in relationship with God, to know God's grace, to receive and give God's love. Do you completely understand the people you love and who love you? <laughs> I heard someone go, nope. <laughs> when we speak in Trinitarian terms, we are speaking of the God we know. One God, three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Lord God, who made us and loves us and is invested in our lives for good. God, our creator, redeemer, sustainer. The Lord God, the first person of the Trinity who in the beginning created the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the plants and the trees of every kind and the beasts of the field and the creeping things and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. The Lord God who made the whole creation in order and beauty and wondrous diversity and declared it all very good, including human beings. The Lord said, let us make humankind in our image. Note the plural pronoun for the singular God, 
all three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, present and active in creation. The whole creation begins. Human beings begin. We begin in the goodness of God. It all rests in grace. Our life now and forever is sheer gift. The Lord blessed human beings. What Richard Rohr describes as original blessing. Here's how Rohr puts it. We all need to know that this wonderful thing called life is going somewhere, and somewhere good. It is going somewhere good because it comes from goodness, a beginning of original blessing. We are made, as Psalm 8 declares, in the glorious image of the triune God. And the God who spoke light into being, who set the galaxies in their courses, who created the earth and all its fullness, cares for you and me and everyone we know and everyone we don't. And the Lord God has given us the awesome responsibility to care for each other and the earth and all its fullness. As people who bear the glorious image of our good and gracious Lord, we are meant to embody his qualities. The Lord God, the second person of the Trinity, who came in the flesh and shows us how. Jesus Christ is God joined with us in our humanity, the embodiment of God's love for us, the one who makes known to us the God who is with us and for us always. Jesus lived a life of grace and truth. Throughout his public ministry, he healed the sick and fed the hungry and welcomed the outcasts. He taught us and showed us that the greatest commandment, the highest law, the most important thing is love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. And at the end of his public ministry, Jesus suffered along with us. God suffered along with us so that we know we never suffer alone in this world broken by human sin. Jesus died on the cross and in doing so defeated death forever. He rose again to life and brings us with him into life eternal. He ascended into heaven and is preparing a place for us there. And one day, he will come again and make all things new. He will heal us and the whole creation. In the meantime, in this time, as Matthew 28 recounts, Jesus has entrusted his ministry to his disciples, then and now to us. We are all commissioned to go and make disciples, to tell people about the good news of life in Jesus Christ, teaching them what we learned from Jesus, baptizing people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we do so with the promise, the promise that Christ is with us always. And by the power of the Lord God, 
the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who is present with us right here, right now, and always and forever, everywhere, every place, every time. During our Thursday Zoom Bible study, someone mentioned that sometimes they feel the tug on their heart to pray to the Holy Spirit. And they wondered if this was okay. And I said, of course it's okay. <laughs> if we truly believe that the Holy Spirit is God, why would we not pray to the Holy Spirit? As the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, it is the Holy Spirit who helps us when we don't know how to pray, who intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words, who reminds us that we are beloved children of God. The Spirit who breathes life into us. The Spirit who spoke and continues to speak through the prophets. The Spirit who came as wind and fire to the disciples on the day of Pentecost and empowered them to pour out into the streets of Jerusalem and proclaim the good news of life in Christ. The Spirit who gives us peace and guides us in the truth, the Spirit who opens our hearts and minds to the love of God and moves us to share God's love with others. The Lord God, who is love. Love isn't simply what God does. Love is who God is. God is love, and love requires relationship. Someone to love. Shared goodwill, mutual, beneficial understanding, being delighted with each other. As God the Father says of Jesus the Son at his baptism, I am well pleased as the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. The three persons of the Trinity present at the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is God alone, but even God is never alone. God is a creative, joyous, generous, life-giving, overflowing relationship of love. The divine dance. The dance we are invited to join. In their study of Andre Rublev's icon, the Trinity, Art historians discovered a gummy, sticky material on that square that's painted on the center front of the table below the base of the cup. And some of them posit that this means at one time there was affixed to this icon a mirror that invites the viewer, invites us to picture ourselves at the table, sharing fellowship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, participating in that divine relationship of love. May we reflect the glorious image of the triune God in whose image we are made. May we care for all of God's very good creation. May we follow the example of Jesus in loving God and loving each other. May we know the peace and listen for the truth and trust in the assurance of the Holy Spirit. 
May we join in the divine dance of love. Amen. Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.